Welcome back to Decadorks. We're the 12-sided guys. We have Scott as Ornan. At your service. Sabrina as Sylvie. Oh, hi. Jordan as Magram. You are most welcome. Matt as Guy. That is my name. Don't wear it out. And me, Paul, as the new power vacuum in the town of Barograd. You can't see me, but I'm now rubbing my hands together menacingly, and there is a slightly devilish upturn at the corners of my mouth, indicating the barest hint of a conspiratorial smile. When you said that, I thought you were talking about that you were a Dyson. <laughs> yeah, I immediately actually thought of a real vacuum. That is exactly what I was thinking, too. <laughs> well, and now a coy wink to the pretend camera. Bling! All right, everybody. <laughs> big news, big, big news. Thanks to our very own Matt as Guy. That's your hint. That is my name. <laughs> Don't wear it out. <laughs> we have some new merch in our shop. So head over to 12sidedguys.com and visit our store where you can find character buttons. Show your love for your favorite Nari and the Boys and or JV team characters with these cute little buttons. We're all super interested to see which button will be the most popular, but my bet is the best seller will be the Dungeon Master button. Hold up, I'm getting a note passed to me from Matt. I'm unfolding it now, and now I'm reading it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so I've just been informed that there is no Dungeon Master button, and no one would want a button with just a picture of my face. Touche. Anyway, if you ever went to a shop and got totally distracted by the shopkeeper doing the shopkeeper shuffle, then this podcast is for you. It's Chorus of the Forsaken, Episode 8. Why couldn't that shopkeeper just stand still? <laughs> I know. <laughs> just constant spinning. And he, I always thought he looked like a chef. I know. Well, and he had like one arm up like he was getting ready to like chop something, like a karate chop. But I thought he was doing like an Olay dance or something. Anyway. <laughs> May, you know what, maybe. Is this Chrono Trigger? Secret of Mana. Secret of Mana, yeah. Oh, that's the one. Yes. And then the, the girls with the long hair always gave me funny feelings. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, okay. You do. Does someone say they know what I'm talking about, please, before this gets weird. We've all had funny feelings, Paul. It's already okay. weird, but yes, we do know what you're talking about. All right. Well, last time we were together, um, I was going to say Nari and the boys. Okay. Last time we were together. We need a party team. A party team name. Uh, we need a team name. <laughs> Why do we need a party team? <laughs> I was just thinking that because I was uploading character sheets and I'm like, I don't know what to call the group when I'm uploading these sheets. Yeah. Well, episode two, I called them the dreamers, but that was just in the episode description. I, yeah, I called the guys the dream team. I think somebody made that on the on the discord. Yeah, I think the dream team is the original the prologue characters. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Last time we were together, Ornan, Sylvie, Magram, and Guy uh, had a conversation with the steward of Grimley Castle, a man named Edmund, who had locked himself in a room uh, to avoid getting butchered by you guys. We don't butcher, we flash fry. 
<laughs> he avoided conflict by hiding in a room off to the side of the throne room. Um, after the fight was over, you managed to coerce him out and talk to him, and he informed you that what was happening down here in the dungeon was the darkest of magics. After rounding up everybody in the castle, you were led down into the dungeon where you discovered a secret entrance into an older part of the castle. It looks like it's actually been here a lot longer than the castle. As you ventured further in, you found this large room that had curtains hanging up all around it, keeping a watchful eye out of the center of the room. But you could see that there were lights uh, glowing in the center of this room. And as you came around the curtains or came through the curtains in some cases, you saw that there was a woman, um, this unkempt younger woman who was doing some kind of ceremony uh, over this altar in the center of the room. Upon the altar, surrounded by candles, was also the bones of somebody who I believe you assumed it was Sir Roland's wife. This woman down here casting this spell, doing this ritual, uh, her name, Cassandra the Unnatural. Uh, as you approached, she raised up a few denizens of the dead, two skeletons and two zombies who began attacking you. And also some of her magical traps began to whiz out and hit you um, as she cast spirit guardians and a battle ensued. I almost got whizzed on, guys. <laughs> <laughs> as... The battle was being waged. Prancifal ran over to one of the curtains because some of the curtains were actually blocking off some statues, hiding the view of these statues from the center of the room. Prancifal attempted to tear them down and uh, got stuck in the curtains and could not tear them down. But you managed to bring down Cassandra the Unnatural. Her two zombies and two skeletons fell as well. And that is where we stopped last time, and we are picking up right there as Sylvie, Magram, Guy, and Ornan, along with Gardenia, the surviving guard of Tobias the Tax Collector, are standing here in this large uh, underground temple. Well, what did I say? I told you it was going to be a Frankenstein. I mean, that's basically a Frankenstein on an altar, right? You put the, the body parts back together, raise it with some unnatural force. I was right. It looks a little bit more like a monster to me. I don't see any doctors around, so I'm, I'm looking for Dr. Frankenstein. I, I don't see him. Face it, everyone, I was right. I was right. I'm pretty sure I saw this get paraded in front of the Mexican Congress. <laughs> it's a little late, but hey. Ornan is going to dismiss his his worm. What the hell was that? <laughs> oh, well, that was an old friend of mine, and we might have to discuss things later. And uh, Gardenia, you're going to need to be cool about some things that I, uh, I need to know that you're not going to go and talk about what we just did. She looks at the four of you and she says, you've kept me alive down here, and uh, for that you have my gratitude and you have my silence. Uh, I always knew I liked you. You were my favorite. <laughs> Not Garth, that other guard. Can I can I do like an insight check on that just to make sure that I believe her? Okay, yeah, go ahead. Make an insight check. I'm glad Mogram's thinking. I was also sus, but I didn't want to say it. I'm already kid killer. <laughs> Mogram only rolled a 10. I think he because he was like incapacitated, basically, if it weren't for the gaining of a level that allows him to sit up straight. So... <laughs> 
he's probably a little distracted. Not I'm not sure if a 10 is enough for him to realize what's going on. I mean, you have no reason to doubt what she has to say. I mean, you guys have now, you've shed blood upstairs uh, in fighting off Sir Roland and his retinue. You guys used some of your abilities there. Um, and now she followed you down here even after seeing all of that. So you have no reason to doubt that she would not keep her word. Okay, that works. All right, well, I'm going to go help my dog. And I'll walk over and help Pranzible. I'm going to describe the room a little bit more. So this room is roughly square, and uh, you entered in on the north side. Here in the center of the room where you guys are standing, there are staircases leading down into a depression in the floor. The lower area is probably about 60 feet by 60 feet square, and in the center of that is this slightly raised platform with an altar surrounded by candles. And there is the bones of somebody on this altar. Now, straight west and straight east of the altar, up the stairs, on either wall of the room, you can see that there are these curtains that have been hung. Pranciful saw behind um, one of the curtains on the west side, there is a statue of a woman. It looks like these curtains are blocking the view of that statue. There's also columns holding up the ceiling um, all around the room. And then on the south side of the room, there is this half column that comes off the wall. And on it, you can see that there are some tarnished old plaques. And then um, right above the lower area, there is a table covered in odds and ends. You've got bottles and you've got vials. You've got little dishes with powders and things in them. You see some books that are open. And in one of the corners of the room, there's also a curtained off area um, that's not like symmetrical with the other curtained off areas. Got it. Uh Margram's going to go and check the body of, um, what did you say her name was again? Uh, Cassandra. Cassandra the Unnatural is what she was called by, um, by the steward. Cassandra the Unnatural. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check her body. She's wearing thick hide armor. She's got a cloak on. It doesn't look like it's anything fancy. You can see that on her, she does have a book. She has a dagger in her hand. She also has a spear. And in her pocket, you find some gold. It looks like you find 36 gold, 15 silver, and you find a note. Nice. I will eventually, I'm going to, I mean, we can do it right now, but I'll be handing out that gold and silver equally to the rest of the party. Okay. So that'd be nine for each. We'll include Gardenia in there too. (laughs) Yeah, make it harder. Seven for each. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, she's here. She's basically doing the exact same jobs we sure. are. And then three silver for each of us then. Okay, cool. Yeah, so you also find like a little folded up piece of paper uh, in her pouch. Guy, you are over helping get Pranciful unstuck out of the curtains. What is Sylvie and Ornan doing? I kind of want to be examining this uh, the skeleton and see if I can kind of figure out what exactly. I mean... I'm assuming I know what's going on, but kind of get a better idea of what's happening. Why don't you make an Arcana check or an Investigation check? Ornan is uh, heading down south to some of those tables to look over some things. He's looking for the money to give back to uh, Tobias. Okay. Uh, why don't you make an Investigation or Arcana check as well? Hey, Sylvie, be sure to check for bolts in the neck. It's a sure sign of a Frankenstein. <laughs> ah, yes, I've heard that. Uh, all right, so... Sylvie, you're down there checking out the altar. What did you get with your arcana? I got a 23. With your arcana check, as you are looking, you see that there are powders spread over certain parts of the skeleton. You can see that there is a feather grasped in one of the hands, one of these skeletal hands. Uh, These bones, there's still a little bit of flesh to them. 
and it looks like these bones are probably, you know, maybe 10 years in the ground. They're not uh, brittle and dust like you would expect from an ancient ruin or something like that. And in fact, as you're down looking at these bones, you can see in the corner of this lower area that there's actually a coffin that looks like it has been set over to the side. It looks like it's covered in dirt. It's starting to uh, deteriorate. And uh, more than likely, this coffin is what these bones were in. Well, she looks fresh. You're fairly certain that this is an attempt to um, to somehow raise the dead. But with your arcana of 23, you look at everything that's been done and you see that what has been done so far is not enough. In fact, it's not nearly enough to do what you think they were trying to do. Either this isn't all of it or... He was kind of scammed because I don't think this uh, Hoftma was very good at, at what she was doing. I don't think she was getting very close. So, Ornan, what did you get with your investigation as you were looking uh, for for the money for the taxes? I rolled a 14, and with my investigation, I got a 13. Okay. As you were looking around, you see this table that's set up with all of these vials and dishes and things. And uh, you can see that some of these dishes are brass. Some of them are copper. Some of them are gold or silver. You can see that one of the cups that's here that's holding some fluid that looks surprisingly like blood, except for it's not quite thick enough, but it doesn't smell like wine, that it is crystal, right? So there is some very expensive equipment on this table. But from where you're at now, you don't see any money. You do, however, see two rolled up pieces of parchment tucked uh, over in the corner. Ornan will grab the parchment and he will also just make a mental note for later that there's some valuable stuff that Tobias might want. Okay, yeah. There's also a, a little, another cordoned off section. And as you're standing where you're at, Ornan, as you kind of look around the room, you can see that this other room has, it looks like another table with more stuff on it. So it looks like um, this might've been where you're at now. This table that looks down over the altar may have been kind of the final prep area. And then maybe there was some storage back uh, tucked away in another little area of the room where other important things might be. Okay. Uh, Guy, you managed to get Prancifal unhooked from the uh, curtain. You're a big, strong boy. Oh, look at you. You're, there's more curtains. Go get them. While I take care of this one, go show me how you're a big, strong apex predator. <laughs> and then he goes and he runs and jumps on him again and gets all tangled up. Uh, but as you're standing there now, you can look too. You can see behind these curtains, you see there's a statue. The statue looks old. Not in necessarily bad shape, but it does look old. The time and the weather has started to kind of pit some of the stone. But you do recognize the form of a thin woman. Okay, can I can I do a religion check to see if I recognize this as a depiction of like a goddess? Yeah, go ahead, make a religion check. All right, my religion check came back as a five. So I'll, this, this is what I'll tell you. Just looking at the situation, and this is probably everybody's already figured this out already. It seems that if this is a goddess, that Cassandra setting up this ceremony in here was very careful to try to hide what she was doing from the eyes of the divine, the gods and goddesses. So you imagine this being must have some power, but you don't know necessarily who it would be. All right, well, I'll just pull these curtains down if I can. I'll just start moving out of the way, pulling them down. Yeah, yeah, not a problem. You pull down those curtains on the west side and you reveal a statue. Hey, everyone, there appears to be a statue over here. 
Principal looked like he had that in hand, but thanks for helping him. <laughs> He's a big, strong boy, isn't he? <laughs> then I throw the ball, and it squeaks when it lands, and then he runs and gets it, and <laughs> brings me a pouch with a bone in it for some reason. Yeah. I loved it when, when for some reason, I got rope. It's like, <laughs> you can't even use rope in the game. Why are you giving me rope? <laughs> for all you uninitiated, Baldur's Gate 3. Yeah. <laughs> so... Malgram, after he looted Cassandra's body, he walked down the steps. Uh, you know, he grabbed the book, the note. Like, um, I'm guessing the the dagger and the spear and stuff she had didn't seem magical at all. Um, how are you going to determine that? I guess I'd pull out my toning rod and use that if I could. Yeah, go for it. You spend some time with your rod, and you get a oh yeah. <laughs> A good feeling washes over you. <laughs> I'm just going to look the other direction over here. You feel warm and a little flushed. <sighs> oh, gosh, you guys. All right. Um, <laughs> you spend some time working with the toning rod, and um, it gets very toned. <laughs> what is the deal? Dude, Jordan, what, I, don't, I don't know if you're doing this on purpose, but your characters always have some kind of rod they're fiddling with. <laughs> hey, I, I mean... No defense. No defense. <laughs> What can I say? I'm full of Freudian slips. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, okay, no, you can see within 30 feet of you as you're moving around the room, you can see that it's not that these powders and these fluids are necessarily magical, but you do get a little peeing off of them that they are used in magic. Like they are magical components. The dagger in your hand, though, is magical. Oh, cool. You do detect magic, not from the spear. The book as well is magic in that it contains magic. Like, the glow doesn't come off the cover, but it comes out of the pages. Does that, that make sense? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. I'll, I'll leave the spear, um, but I will, of course, grab the book. I think you said there was, like, a note, right? There was a note that you found in her coin pouch. Cool. Uh, I will take that and the dagger in particular. Okay. Cool. And then after that, I was going to head to the east side of the room to kind of peek behind the curtains and maybe move those out of the way if possible. Yeah, sure thing. So as you um, look behind the curtains, you actually see a statue that is mirrored um, on the west wall. It's the exact same statue, but uh, the pose is exactly mirrored. And as you pull those curtains down, there are now two statues in this room depicting uh, some woman. Cool. Could I try and do a religion check myself? Yeah, go for it. Let's see if I have any better luck. Ooh, nat 20 for a 24. As you look at this statue and you look across the way, you see, um, even though the, the statue is old, it hasn't really been out in the elements, so it still retains most of its form, just whatever wear and tear from time. You see a thin woman with long hair. You see the ears are pointed, and you detect this is obviously an elvish deity of some sort. You see that she is holding what looks like at one point the hands were holding something that wasn't also made of stone. So like, you know, sometimes they'll make a statue, but then they'll put like a real thing in it, like a statue holding a spear. This was holding something. And as you are kind of looking around, you look at the fingers, it looks like this was holding a harp or a, a lute of some kind, some, some kind of a strumming instrument. You can see that the fingers are ready to strum. There is a sword on her waist and a bow on her back. And you get this feeling with your natural 20 this is a goddess, more than likely, named Ilis Trayi. And I, I tried to say it right, and it's hard. It's an actual deity from Varun. And it is a forgotten or dead 
drow goddess of beauty, song, dance, sword work, hunting. All the cool stuff. Yeah, you would know um, with your natural 20 that the drow have one goddess, but they used to have more. And this depicts one of them. Ooh, that's very interesting. I don't know that I'd necessarily tell all that to the group. Well, maybe I would. Maybe I would turn around and be like, this is interesting to see a drow goddess depicted in these places. One does not often come across these things. The castle must have been built on top of this space, though. This this chamber seems much older than the castle on top. Yes, it would need to be significantly older. And one thing with your natural 20 that you would also note is that Eilis Trai, oh my gosh, it's such a terrible name, that this goddess, she sought to come to the surface, right? So whereas drow typically live underground, she sought the surface, she sought sunlight, she sought the, the upper world. And so that might be why this temple is so, I mean, it's still underground, but it's not, it's not deep, deep, deep underground. Yeah, this would be pretty close to the surface, I think, for what drow would be more used to. Mm-hmm. Okay. It also means that this is an ancient temple. Orin, did you did you know this was here? Is this common knowledge among the uh, the residents of the town? It's not something I'm familiar with. I've I've never never been down here. And there was only one entrance or exit, right? That we found so far. That you found so far, yeah. Gardenia is going to say, "I'm now that it's clear down here. I'm going to go get Tobias so he can come down and help try to figure out what to do about the tax situation." And she leaves the room. All right, quick, everyone, grab anything that's not nailed down that you want to keep. <laughs> <laughs> Legit. That's exactly what I thought. Yeah. Uh, it's go time. You grab the book, right, Magram? Yes, she had the book and this dagger as well, which I need to do some investigating. They both are emitting tones of arcane effect. She also had a note in her gold pouch, but we can look at this later. I, I found these two scrolls here. I'll keep them in my backpack and... Uh... I'm going to stuff all these plates and bits and bobs on this table. Might be able to fetch something for Tobias. To pay the old, uh, you know, and pay, pay the debts. Honestly, I mean, the statues themselves may be worth something if somebody wanted to come remove them and put them in their foyer or expensive gardens. I feel like that's what's so strange is if the statues were movable... I feel like they would have been moved at this point. Otherwise, why is why is he keeping a secret shrine to an ancient drow goddess? That it's it's weird. Hey guys, there might be something to look at over here. Magra made his way to the southeast corner of the room where there was kind of a tented off section. Yeah. I will go there as well, but I will say as we're coming up. Yeah, I got the impression, based on the explanation of kind of the magic that was being used, that uh Maybe they didn't really understand what this place was even for. Sounds like they didn't really know what they were doing. Or maybe this unnatural... What, unnatural mod... What was her name again? Cassandra the Unnatural. Cassandra the Unnatural. <laughs> it, maybe Maud was a charlatan and just taking them for a ride. That's almost what it's, it, it feels like. Where, what could he have spent the money on if they're not even doing this properly? There's also the possibility that she's just a very confident narcissist who thinks she can do more than she really can handle. Perhaps uh, the reanimation of the dead is a very, very tricky thing. I mean, to bring back skeletons or zombies or to bring back the undead is one thing. But to try to bring back true life, if that was the objective, 
that is something that could be very, very tricky. Yeah, and, and Sylvie, you know that based on your brief interaction with Cassandra and what you've seen here in the room, not nearly enough to bring back a life. But is it even nearly enough to, like, bring back a zombie? Is that the kind of vibe we're feeling? Or is it more just like this person was totally out of their depths? With your Arcana check, you know that, yes, definitely able to bring back, like, a zombie or raise, like, a, a skeleton for temporary service. Like, if we're going to talk game terms, maybe level three, potentially level four type spells, but nothing like a level seven or an eight, which you would need for, like, actual resurrection. She might have been able to, to raise a thrall who would have taken a few arrows, but certainly I can't imagine that uh, Roly-Poly would have wanted to roly-poly with a wife like that. <laughs> well, honestly, he seemed pretty delusional. And I'm wondering if her her plan was more along the lines of create a zombie or skeleton thrall and then just cover it up with a simple illusion and, and trick him long enough for her to skip town with the money. Yes, this is possible. And desperation can lead one to do many strange things. I would not be surprised if he was desperate and lonely and missed his his departed wife. All right. You guys are here in this room. You can see that there is a table covered in more bottles and more things. This is more like, like the bottles and the jars and things are all like stopped up and they're not actively being used. Um, you see there's a chest over on the wall that is, it looks like it's locked. That looks like uh, it's fairly big, but it's not terribly heavy. There's definitely something inside of it, but it's not full of gold or something like that, like you would maybe expect. Can any of you guys open a lock like that? Well, I have been known to help the occasional person who forgot the keys at home. I unfortunately don't have any of my picks with me. I need to purchase some new ones. As you guys are talking here in this uh, workshop slash lab, I guess you could say, uh, you see that Tobias with Gardenia, as well as Edmund the steward, come down in here. Edmund's eyes are wide as he looks around. You see he's got like a handkerchief over his mouth, looking down at the zombies as he walks past. These dead zombies and these skeletons looking into the center of the room. He actually stops at the railing around the center of the room and just gazes down into the center with an appalled and aghast look on his face. Tobias and Gardenia come closer to you guys. And Tobias says, Gardenia filled me in on what happened down here. I am so grateful that you were able to succeed and bring down this terrible threat. But I must ask, and I don't mean to sound heartless, is the money here? Found these plates and dishes. There's a chest here that's locked, though. I, I don't know if I can get it open. This one's made of gold. Can Sylvie try to take the key that she had grabbed earlier and see if that fits in the chest? Uh, yeah, you can go ahead and try that key. Sure, see if that works. All right, I'll stick it in there and uh, go for it. As you put the key in and you turn the key, you hear a little click in the mechanism and the chest pops open. Inside you can see that there is gold in there, but it is not that much. I mean, it's it's a lot, probably 120, 130 gold, which is a lot of money. But you would know that's probably not enough in terms of taxes for this whole town. Tobias steps up. He's like, did you find it? Did you find it? And then he looks in and he's like, oh, his shoulders slump and he puts his head in his hands. 
And he reaches into his vest pocket, pulls out a little flask, takes a little swig, puts the lid back on, takes a big breath and says, okay, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna grab anything of value that will fit in this chest. And we're going to go through the castle and find anything of value that we can take that's not bolted down. And we are going to try to make up the missing money. Just so we are clear, Ballpark, how much is the Baron expecting from Sir Roland? A thousand gold pieces. Oh, that's so much money. (laughs) (laughs) He says, yes, it's a lot. And um, I see that there is a lot here that might fetch a price. You can see he's like sweating. He's starting to panic a little bit. He's like, nowhere to go but forward. And he starts grabbing dishes and things and dumping out dusts and powders and then tossing them into the chest. I I don't mean to be rude, sir, but does this not disturb you? I mean, I I know that the money's important, but the fact that one of our our knights ruling one of your cities is performing necromancy in the basement? Yeah, just so we're all clear. I mean, we obviously have, you know, shown some some powers here, whatever, but we're not cool with this at all. We saw this and we're all like, oh, what the hell? This is evil and bad. We would never do this. Yep. <laughs> none of us like magic, you know, and sure, none of us use it. <laughs> you can see he reaches up underneath his jacket again and grabs onto whatever is around his neck, some kind of a pendant or something that you've seen him hold on to before. And he turns to look at you, Sylvie, and he says, I understand that this is a terrible situation. This is dire indeed. But I need you to understand that if I don't get this back to the Baron, I'm a dead man. I was going to suggest that perhaps it is in the best interest of the Baron to seize the property itself from Sir Roland, use that to settle the discrepancy of the taxes, and have the Baron put somebody in charge as kind of a provincial steward until somebody else of sufficient rank and nobility can be found worthy of taking over the leadership of this area. But I don't know if that would satisfy the demands that the Baron would have to face, but it could be a potential path forward. That sounds maybe a little more long-term than than you have, though, Tobias, right? This is... We are on a tight schedule, as they say. He says, yes, we are on a very tight schedule. (laughs) (laughs) But what you say has merit. What you say has merit. This castle is, it's worth something, at least. And something is better than nothing. And he steps back out of this little area and he says, Edmund, Edmund, I need you. I need you to go and find the deed, find the writ of ownership for this castle. You need to bring it to me now. And then he and Edmund actually then wander out of here again. But before he does, he turns back around and he says, just... Leave everything. I'll be back down here and I will figure out what to do with all of all of these knickknacks and all of this paddywax. <laughs> <laughs> and then Edmund, Gardenia, and Tobias leave the room again. I'm totally going to look at this table to see if there's anything valuable and maybe take it. Not Not valuable in terms of gold, but like information or magical items or things of that nature. I was going to say, like, the book on Cassandra the Unnatural would fetch some money, but only, like, in... I'm assuming it's a spell book, so it probably would only fetch money in some kind of black market deal. Mm-hmm. 
So things that are not readily convertible to cash in legal upstanding ways, then I'm fine taking. Yeah. And um, I would say that, um, Sylvie, being who you are and being raised the way you were, recognizing that Cassandra is some sort of a magic user, you um, are naturally just wondering, hmm, I wonder if there is a spell book because that could be very valuable to you. Yeah. I don't know that you saw Magram grab anything, but uh, Magram, as you're looking through, you can see that there are some herbs and potions and things that you were looking to acquire here in town. You see some of those, some of those same ingredients here. I'd say that you see enough ingredients to make uh, some healing potions, but you don't have the facility or the necessarily knowledge to do that. But if you could get the ingredients to somebody, you could probably make with what you see here, you could probably make at least six basic healing potions or two greater healing potions you know i'll actually tell that to everybody and just say you know there are there are ingredients here uh, reagents and alchemical components which could be used to make us some some healing potions i don't have the aptitude to do such things but if there are individuals in the town perhaps we could take some of these over to them to have them make some for us or they could purchase them from us as resources for them. That might be a way for Tobias to get some of the cash he's looking for. We could leave a note here. We could just we could we could put post-its on everything. What we think the value would be. <laughs> I don't. I don't think this is uh, supermarket sweeps. Like I don't know if that's really what we're doing here. Yes, I, I, I I'm fine with leaving these components here. Although I might take this and that one for my own use. And he's going to just pocket a couple small things that he thinks that might actually be important spell components for his own use. Okay. Just because, I mean, you know, sidebar, yes, he is a variant of a cleric. He doesn't necessarily have a whole lot of, like, spell components. But there are still some that often come up. And the way that he is being played for flavor's sake is that he is often making things. Right. Ornan is going to look at those scrolls that he picked up. Why don't you make a an arcana check? Oh, at the scrolls? Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm not great at this. As you unroll them, you see symbols and diagrams that you... I don't know that you actually comprehend them, but make, a, uh, make an arcana check. I rolled a five and got a four. <laughs> Sylvie can uh, peer over your shoulder a little bit and maybe give you a little bit of help. Hey, hey Sylvie, I, I don't think this is written in common. Is this something that you can understand? You know what? Sylvie doesn't even need to roll. You can read it. You see that there are two spell scrolls here. And I don't know that you actually have access to these spells, but you can read what they say. You see that one of the spell scrolls is a scroll of Speak with the Dead. And you see that... The other spell scroll is Summon Undead. And now with your knowledge of Arcana and you looking at these two scrolls, if this is as powerful of a spell as she had, it just reiterates she had no hope of raising this woman to actually come back to life. Well, it it looks like um, we might be right in our hypothesis. This this scroll will bring, bring back the body, but only for a temporary amount of time. It's not a true revival. I would like to make a suggestion to everyone. We have been helping Tobias with this uh, immediate task. I think we have gone above and beyond what we were asked to do, and I think it might be in our best interest to disentangle ourselves from this situation further. 
at this point, the Inquisitors are going to be involved. They're going to want to investigate. And having witnessed all of our abilities, I think it's best if we maybe try to bid adieu to the bias. I agree. Gardenia seems nice, but with those Inquisitors, I, I wouldn't trust her. Honestly, I don't see it. I think that Tobias is way more interested in getting what value he can from what's down here before he'd ever involve the Inquisitors. They would confiscate everything and burn it. Yeah, you saw a man look at some seriously atrocious and um, heretical things down here. Even people who don't worship Ayana, people who, just anybody looking at what they saw down here would be disturbed, right? Um, and he looked at it and then moved on because he's a man on a mission. I, I'm not saying that he would intentionally turn us in, but I feel like he will, he wouldn't owe us any favors if the Inquisition somehow got involved. And this seems like something they might be trying to get involved in. Yeah, it seems to me that it is only a matter of time before they would gain knowledge of what occurred here and then they would demand access to this place. And I don't want to be anywhere nearby when that could potentially happen. I just had a dreadful thought occur to me. And what is that? Tobias may be able to earn some kind of reward for turning us in. That would not surprise me. All the more reason I think we should leave now. Do the lamplighters offer rewards for information or practitioners of witchcraft? No, I... That's not something I've heard of with the Vantorians. But I, it's, I, it's not impossible. What about you with those, uh, have you heard about that with those Krakenekistans or whatever you said they were? <laughs> the Krakenist. Uh, it is possible. I was much closer than I thought I was going to <laughs> Yeah, you were actually very close. That was solid. Yes, for the Krakenist, the Krakenist was a fraternity, almost a secret society. Everyone operated on their own and infiltrated different aspects of society. Many of them went into the Inquisition and began to work in there, seeing it as a means forward. But almost all of them have some element of self-interest. And so, depending on the the province or the city in which you were, it is entirely possible that they would use rewards or money in order to, to turn the tide in their favor. All right, I'm going to go talk with Tobias right now. I'm going to see if I can't warm him up to us even further, just to make sure that we have at least a little bit of time before potentially being ratted out. I'll go with you if you are okay with this. Yeah, let's go. And I'll let him pet the dog. That always works. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Guy and Magram and Prancifal are leaving this area, going back up to find Tobias. What are Sylvie and Ornan going to do? Um, I mean, I don't know. Ornan, do we need anything down here? I don't see anything else of, of note that we should take. Um, I I do wonder if perhaps we use that speak with the... Did you say speak with the dead one? Yes. We could uh, perhaps ask Roly-Poly where his money is. Maybe he'll tell us. You know, I've heard that the dead aren't fond of talking to their killers. Oh. <laughs> I learned that the hard way. <laughs> I don't know if you found that out. <laughs> Well, I, I, I didn't kill him. At least I don't think I did the finishing blow. I killed that man. I remember people by their drinks. He always came in for the <laughs> the chocolate mead. Um, the tall one that was hitting me with the axe. I, I, I don't think... Duncan. Duncan, that's his name. 
But uh, I don't think I killed Roly-Poly. He, he might talk to me. No, it was the Ignis Fatus, uh, the Hinky Punk. That's right. Well, we might as well try it, I suppose. Or maybe it will fetch some money. We can just give it to, to Tobias. Or some some wizard could copy it into their spell book, maybe. I don't know. I'm, just, I'm not even there. Yeah, I'm definitely open to using it uh, to see what he has to say. But I wouldn't want to use it around Tobias. All right. Well, let's head on upstairs, I think. All right. So you guys are all going to head up then out of the uh, out of the dungeon? Yeah. All right. How many magical items did we did we not find? <laughs> so you all come back up the stairs and into uh, this this dungeon. As you recall, the secret entrance was in a, this large, probably twenty foot by fifteen foot cell, covered in old straw. But as you come back up the stairs and out through this secret door, uh, you are now in the basement. You don't see anybody else down here as you move through. As you guys come out of the basement and up the stairs, you are now here um, in the castle courtyard. You can see that there is uh, an unused blacksmith shop. You can see that there is an open door where there are some latrines here in one of the corners. You can see doorways into like kitchen and storage. You can see um, archways that lead back into the main castle, as well as into the trophy hallway that you guys saw from the throne room. And uh, yeah, you're back here in the uh, courtyard. Hustling across the courtyard, you see Tobias and Edmund, as well as Gardenia, um, heading, it looks like, from one side of the castle to the other, as they are looking for where Sir Duncan may have left the writ that uh, shows ownership for this castle. Uh, Tobias, Tobias, can I have a word for a minute, please? Uh, yes. Uh, Edmund, I'll find you upstairs. And Edmund continues off into the castle, and Tobias and Gardenia come over and speak with you says, yes, uh, what is it? He's like, oh, of, of course, you, you want your payment. And he reaches into his purse and he fumbles around a little bit and then he pulls out seven gold for each of you and hands each of you seven gold, making it a total of 10 per person. And he says, and this was definitely more than I anticipated, so here. And he reaches back in and he gives each of you five more. So you each got a total of 15 from him. Wow. I really appreciate all you have done for me and all you will continue to do for me as we sort this all out. Well, about that. Yeah, by continue to help you out, uh, what did you have in mind? Um, I just want you to know that we also greatly appreciate the relationship that we've established so far and the, the circle of trust that we've created between us. But I just want to make sure. I, I need assurances, Tobias. We put ourselves out there to keep you safe. And we need to know that that trust that we've given you will not be thrown back in our face and used against us. He steps over towards you, Guy, and he kind of stands close. He stands like face to face with you. And he puts his hand on your shoulder in like a camaraderie type of a grip. And he reaches into the front of his shirt and he pulls out the pendant that he has been grabbing and it is a tiny little flame which you recognize representing Aona and he says Guy Magram Sylvie Ornan you have saved my life today now Aona and her teachings may say certain things about certain powers and certain magics but what I've seen today with my own eyes has led me to believe that maybe maybe there is room for a more nuanced approach to my worship of Aeona. 
I think that's a really great idea. You have my word that I will hold your secrets till the day I die. (laughs) For some reason, all I could think of was from Dumb and Dumber when he's talking to the old lady on a cart at the very beginning. And he's like, you know, old people, (laughs) though slow and dangerous behind the wheel, can still serve a purpose. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh, that's funny. (sighs) You have my word. Do I trust you? Can I incite that? Yeah, everyone can incite that. Yeah. Gee got a 14. Malgram got a 20. Ornan got a 16. Sylvie got a 16. You see in Tobias, behind the sweaty brow, you see an earnestness in his in his gaze, and you have every reason to believe that he is a man of his word, and he has given you his word. As you are here having this conversation, suddenly Edmund, the steward, comes stepping back into the courtyard, and he says, Tobias, Tobias, uh, there's a problem here at the front, and I don't know what to do. Tobias, let's go of your shoulder, Guy. And he turns around and says, what's going on? And Edmund's like, you, you, you best come. And so Tobias goes to the front uh, with Edmund. Oh, I'm shuffling after him. Yeah, yeah. I think we have to follow him. All right. Well, onward, I guess. <laughs> At a safe distance. Sure, sure. I could go first to the kill box. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you guys head back into that first room that had uh, the, the murder holes up above um, and it had the arrow sets on the side where you know anyone who gained purchase into the castle could be attacked here in this in this first little like atrium of the castle and you can see that the double doors are shut and you can actually hear pounding on the outside it's, it's not loud like a battering ram it sounds like a fist someone's pounding on the doors and the Edmund turns to Tobias and says it's people from town they they want to speak with the knight and uh, Tobias kind of puts his head in his hands, uh, has no idea what to do, looks to the four of you and says, what would you do? Their knight is dead. I cast disappear on myself and sneak <laughs> away. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're going to have to appoint somebody to take charge of things for now. Um, someone that can perhaps run the, uh, the affairs until the Duke can step in. Baron, I'm not rightly remembering how the government works. <laughs> it doesn't. That's the problem. <laughs> well, often in a, in a town like this, there are often individuals who are kind of the de facto leaders, those that are trusted, uh, often influential merchants or people of that nature. I would invite them in and show them the ritual site. This will help them to understand and sow some seeds of doubt or mistrust in Roland. And then when the news is broken that he has been put down, you come away as the avatar of justice, simply bringing justice to a wayward city that was being led by somebody of dubious intent. That, or we lie, (laughs) we could just say, oh yeah, we heard that he was feeling ill, and so Tobias, representative of the Baron, came to see if the rumors were true, and oh, he keeled over and was buried in the middle of the night in his private graveyard that you'll never know in an unmarked grave, so you can't see the wounds on his body or anything. But yeah, it was tragic. I certainly do think if we tell people that we've, uh, what we found here today, we will raise eyebrows from the, uh, the Inquisition. You hear pounding again, and this time you hear some shouting, let me in, I need to speak with Sir Roland, and then you hear some cursing in another language that you don't understand. 
Well, let's open the door and get this over with. All right. Are you opening the door? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. As you open the door, you see standing right in front of the door, you see two people that you recognize. Ornan, you recognize these two dwarven men. Oh, this is awkward. Who you gave <laughs> their family member's backpack to, their, their, their belongings. Hello. And you can see behind them 10 or 15 other uh, citizens of town. And they are standing all with angry looks on their faces. Some are scared and clutching children. Classic torches and pitchforks type of thing. Think of the children. Well, and you can see also the other family. The family who lost Evangeline Lily. And these two dwarves are standing there at the front. And one of them speaks up and he says, We need to talk to Sir Roland about the wizard in the woods who is making monsters attack people. He must do something. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Yes. Yes. Well, about about uh, Sir Roly-Poly. Um, we understand you had some contact with this wizard. He's a menace to our lands. He must be brought low. Actually, it wasn't a he. It was a she. And she's already been dealt with. And then somebody else shouts and says, No, there's two wizards. There's one in the east and one in the west. East and west? No, 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 no. Um, they, everything's... no they must be working together. Is one of them wicked and one of them good? <laughs> <laughs> I think I see where you're going, Gee. Um, no, everything's been sorted. Um, but Sir Roland, it's, well, it's a long story. Um, Tobias... You're in charge here. Sir Roland has to do something. Sir Roland has to do something about the monsters, these beasts that are attacking people on the road and attacking villages. Is it the snake monsters again? Are they are they at it again? The snake monsters attacked you on the road, so we heard. No, but villages have been attacked as well. And this is news to you guys. Oh. Tobias looks like he's at a loss. If you're worried about the wizard, we've already dealt with it. We actually brought her body here to show to Sir Roland. Uh, we can go, you know, why don't we, um, Gardenia, will you go fetch the, the body of the wizard? <laughs> She's like, to show the crowd. <laughs> uh, she looks at Tobias, like, with a lost look on her face, and he kind of, he, he, he kind of nods. Oh, yeah. down in the basement, remember? We put, it, we put the body in the basement. He nods, and she says, uh, y yes, yes, I will. Yes, and then um, she goes back in, and then she says, "My God, she's like, I." Uh, she goes back in. This is something that perhaps the women and children, maybe those with uh, weak stomachs, might not want to look at. So uh, everyone will get their answers, and we can spread the word uh, around town. But uh, things didn't go so well here in in the castle. So. Um, one of the dwarves speaks up and he says, okay, so you've got the wizard in the east, but what about whoever is controlling the beasts in the west? Is there anything west of us, Paul? Just small, tiny little village settlements type thing, hamlets, that kind of thing. Because there's no major road that really goes out that way, right? There isn't, no. Just little cart paths and things. Yeah. We might as well rip the band-aid off. The, the Baron's going to have to, you know, appoint someone else to watch Baragrad for us. Um, Roly-Poly is, is no longer with us. No long... He's dead? Yep. <laughs> How? <laughs> Why? When? What? What? It, it uh, turns out he was in uh, cahoots. He was, he was working with the wizard, which, uh, the magic things, and 
he we when we try yep he's dead i put my, I'll put my hand on i put my hand on ornan's shoulder <laughs> i have advantage on deception checks because of um my class so i actually I, I okay have a good good chance at doing something because <laughs> i was gonna say you can make this with so you are definitely stretching the truth but you are telling enough of the truth <laughs> that i would give you advantage but you've already got advantage so go ahead and yeah. make a deception check I'm still going to put my hand on Ornan's shoulder because what he is saying is probably enough to get the Inquisition interested. That's true. We can't be sure, but it seems like maybe he was deceived by this wizard. Yes, that's a better way to phrase it. Sorry, I got to just get nervous in front of crowds. Go ahead and make your uh, deception check. I got an 18 deception. All right. You can see that the crowd is like talking amongst themselves. Wait, so Roland was in with in cahoots with this evil wizard. Um, and they start talking back and forth. And you see this older gentleman. He is um, he's being supported, held up by two other people. He's got like white hair, uh, a white beard. He's dressed in rough clothes. It looks like probably homemade. You don't recognize him from town. So he's probably from outskirts. He says, OK, so. So Roland was working with a wizard that you killed in the east, but what about the wizard who has been attacking our settlements as late as last night? Honestly, this is the first we've heard of this. We'd need to hear more about what happened and what you saw, what you experienced. Have there been casualties? Yes. Yes. Out in Knuckle Creek, they came in the night and they attacked us. Why are you laughing at Knuckle Creek? <laughs> they My... wanted in Knuckle Creek. Yeah, it's probably Moose Knuckle Creek that they're. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's why I started giggling. I hear that, that the Moose Knuckles thought. are quite the delicacy. Mm. Oh that's true. Gosh. Yes, I was yes. going to make a joke about the creek being really shallow. It just she just goes knuckle deep. <laughs> oh my god! Oh. Knuckle deep creek. Oh man, they probably don't have me all the way in there. No. Oh my no, gosh. It doesn't go nice. Oh, I'm very sorry to hear that um, about what happens <laughs> at Knuckle Creek. <laughs> Honestly, Paul, it's They're not all a bad like, name. Quit laughing it's, at the name of our it's, town. It's just us. It's great. No, I'm I know. Sorry. No, it's I'm great. So sorry. No, it's you don't need to apologize. It's fine. Um, this um, this older this older man, um, he says, "Yes, last night they came slashing." and piercing and destroying and we few managed to escape and we made it here just now we came seeking aid from sir roland but we he's gone what are we to do what was it that came piercing and slashing were these creatures or people or there were creatures but there's definitely signs that there was there was someone leading them there was one of our houses one of the one of the houses out on the outskirts, it uh, looks like there was fire or or some sort of explosion. Did they, they target anyone? They came and they took and they ate and they dragged off what they could. Mindless creatures looking for food, looking for prey, and, and they found us. Well, we are most fortunate to have a representative of the Baron here with us now, and he claps Tobias on the back. He's like, this brave man who is very wise and capable leader will surely be able to come up with a plan of action where he can rally the Baron's aid to help assist the good people of this area. 
Welp, see you later as we leave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sure is good to have Tobias here. He'll he'll help you right out. To be fair, that is literally his job. Kind of. He, he's a tax collector. <laughs> he does represent the Baron. He is the basically the highest ranking person here in town. Um, this is just way out of his league. As you point out that Tobias is here and he can step up, he calls um, the older man uh, up to him, as well as these uh, two dwarf brothers. Um, he says, "You three, why don't you, why don't you come in with me and we will chat." We'll discuss what needs to be done and what I can do now and what I can seek from the Baron. And uh, they go into the castle. Tobias, as the, as the two dwarves and this old man move into the castle, um, along with the people who are holding him up, Tobias turns back to the four of you and he says, he's whispering to you guys, you have my word. I will not tell anyone what I have seen. He's kind of reading the writing on the wall. Is this where your help ends? Is there any way that I can retain your services a little longer? Mogram would look to Guy and to Ornan and Sylvie. And then I think he would probably say, after you have had a chance to speak with the people, come to meet us at the All the Way Inn. He kind of hangs his head a little bit, says, Okay. Thank you. And then he turns around and walks back into the castle. The people standing in front of the castle, you see them milling about. They are, they showed up to the castle angry and looking for help. And now they are lost and confused as they have just heard that their sovereign has died and that he was working with an evil wizard who was controlling monsters (laughs) off in the eastern forest. But there's still a wizard in the western forest who's controlling (laughs) monsters. And you guys are like, wait, what? Don't expect the wounds too closely. I guarantee you none of them will match the weapons we're holding. (laughs) I I don't say that. I'm just kidding. You guys don't even need to make perception checks. You guys can see uh, standing uh, a little further back, not right up next to the castle. You can see that there are three inquisitors standing there watching what's going on. You see the red bearded dwarf with the scars. And then you see the man and the elven woman with the facial tattoos. Uh, And they're watching what's going on. And they will kind of turn to each other and make a a comment and then turn back to see what's going on um, as you move away from the castle and head down towards wherever you're going. I kind of feel bad now. I mean, yes, she was an evil (laughs) wizard, right? But we're just giving the crowd a dead body of a disheveled woman and expecting them to believe that she was some evil wizard. It's like she's got a wart. (laughs) (laughs) She has got a wart. She turned me into a newt. That's what it feels like. (laughs) Murder anyway. Murder! All right. So where are you guys headed? You guys do notice that the Inquisitors are watching the crowd, watching the castle, and they're watching you guys as you walk away. Orden's headed to the All the Way Inn. I'll see you all later at the All the Way Inn. I need to go get cleaned up and changed at home. Yes. The busy shift is about to start. I've got to get to work. All right, so we know Ornan's going to the All the Way Inn. We know that uh, Guy is going back to Nalira's Manor, the Silvercrest Manor. Where are Magram and Sylvie going to be? Yeah, Sylvie would go back to her room at the All the Way Inn and 
Um, honestly, I think she would take a snooze. She is not ready to work a shift. Okay. Yeah, Malgram would head back to the all the way in. He's he's very nervous. This is attracting way more attention than he would like, and so he's pretty anxious to meet with everybody and kind of strategize and game plan and recommend that they get the heck out of Dodge. I Sylvie agrees with that. <sighs> As we're separating, though, Guy will say, Keep a smile on your face, everyone. The more nervous we look, the more the Inquisitors are going to pay attention to us. Noted. All right. So Ornan, Sylvie, and Magram, you guys head back over to the All the Way In. As you go in, you can see that behind the counter, Kino is he's kind of walking back and forth. Uh, you can hear him, like, talking to himself. He's got a little stick in his hand as he walks along, and then he kind of, like, pretends to swing it at something like it's a sword. And then you can hear um, back in the kitchen, you can hear Gemma working on getting some food prepared. As Kino sees you enter in, he's like, Ah, Uncle Ornan! Uncle, Uncle Ornan! And he comes running up. He's like, What happened to you? Well, I've got to wash a little bit of this blood off. It's, it's mostly other people's and a little bit mine. It's like, wait, you told me you tell me what happened at the castle when you got back. So here you are. I did say that. Yeah, what happened? I really want to know. We fought a monster. A monster? And she was 15 feet tall and had big wavy hair and there were skeletons all about. It was quite a wild adventure. Skillet. And then Gemma comes stepping out. She's like, now, Ornan, don't feed his head. Wait, Ornan. Oh. <laughs> There's more truth to what I was saying than than, uh, than you probably believe. I'm going to go get cleaned up, and and then we should have a chat. Yes, definitely. Kino, uh, come, come here. Come help me in the kitchen. And she pulls Kino back into the kitchen. And she kind of steps towards you, Ornan, and she says, Are, are you okay? Are you hurt? I, uh, well, I, I took a hit or two, but my friends here, they they took it worse than me. So, but we're okay. We made it through. All right. Orlin, well, is there a secluded or private place where we can all connect and chat after we've had a chance to freshen up and rest for a bit? Follow me. We have a secret basement where I grow the mycelium. <laughs> it's over here. I can't remember where it is on the map. It's so great that it's a secret. No, it's actually this door. This door here at the bottom. Okay, <laughs> it's it's a door, but yeah, it's a door. But it's locked. It's a door. You it know, goes, it, it goes to the basement. No, it's not even locked. Here, I'll move you over. Let me move you. It into. goes to my house. It's not even locked. My house is on the other end. Sylvia, are you going too, or are you going to go into your room? No, oh, no, I would definitely go down. I want to. I also want to advise to get the hell out of here. So as you go down the basement, you uh, enter into this storeroom. You can see there's like some straw on the floor. There's barrels and crates and there's bags full of food and things. There's a couple of rooms down here. But on the eastern wall, there is a doorway that Ornan knows very, very well. Um, it is a doorway that leads into an underground cave. And through that cave, it takes him to his house. As you move through the cave, uh, past all these mushrooms, you see that there is a brick wall with a door in it, and uh, that leads into Ornan's basement where you can find more cultivated mushrooms where he grows uh, his little garden patch. Moving into the basement of Ornan's house, you go up the stairs and into his home. This was the grand tour, everyone. This is where we grow the mycelium for the mead. Among other things, a nice cold storage place. For the hot summer days. Got the meth lab over there. Sure. 
as you guys come as you guys come up the uh, come up the stairs um, and into this home, you see a quaint little home. It's probably it's not very big. It's probably like thirty feet by thirty feet square. It looks like there's a uh, one room uh, that's like a like a living room slash kitchen uh, slash dining, and then there's also it looks like a bedroom. There's a little shed off the back where Ornan does all of his brewing or a lot of his brewing. And uh, everything in here is smaller scale. So, Magram, you are massive in here. There is not a chair here that is your size. There is a stool that you can sit on. But everything else has been uh, shrunk down to Ornan size. Your home is so lovely. Oh, I thought I'd invited you in here once or twice, but maybe I hadn't. Yes, you have a lovely home. Yes, it's, uh, it's not much, but I don't need a lot to be happy. I feel that it is important that we talk about everything that's transpired. Um, I was able to take a few things off of the body of this Cassandra the Unnatural and uh, wanted to have a chance to look it over. I hadn't even had a chance to read the note that I found on her body. But I also took a few magical artifacts as well. I think being in possession of anything of the arcane might be problematic with the inquisitors but i also felt that it would not be good if it fell into the hands of the inquisition either so i have it here with me well let's take a look at it yeah i'll pull out the dagger i'll pull out the note i'll even pull out the spell book so that way we can look over that all together Ooh, sylvia will get very excited about that spell book yeah. So, uh, spellbook, um, as you pull out the spellbook, Sylvie, you start looking through it. There are spells in here that you do not currently know. Most of them are like first and second level, but there is a third level spell. Let me see here. There is, um, after reading through it, uh, you determine it's too powerful for you to cast yet. It's even too powerful yet for you to feel comfortable trying to copy it into your own spellbook. But you see fear, the spell fear. Well, this was a great find, Mogram. Some of this looks a little bit too advanced for me, but definitely some stuff I could use. You know, you are welcome to use it. And perhaps even it might fetch a nice prize. At some point, if we can find a fence to distribute it or sell it for us. Uh, You see Ray of Sickness and you see False Life, Fog Cloud. And then there is a second level spell as well, Mind Spike. Write those down. So no ritual spells in there? I'm not there, so I can't. No, but that's that's a great point. I suppose Gentle Repose would be in there. That's a ritual. Very cool. I've got to be honest, I'm a little apprehensive to continue working for for Tobias. We've got a little too much attention on ourselves, and I think we're all in the same boat when I say none of us want any attention. If indeed there is a potential for some wizard or something out in the West to be attacking the people, I think Tobias should speak directly with the Inquisitors, should procure their assistance and help with it, and then we should perhaps leave town. I agree. That's, that's a great idea. I'm I'm also worried about that woman we saw last night who was running away from us. I think she might be in a similar situation to all of us. Well, if she's smart, she'll be on her way out as well. If that's the case. But I like exploring the whole map and finding every single <laughs> side quest. <laughs> 
Bogram, you said you were pulling out the note as well? Yeah, I wanted to look over the note and then eventually also look, check out the dagger and see if we can figure out anything about that one. Um, you already determined that the dagger was magical, but you plot this little scrap of note. And as you open it up, Magram, do you want to read this note? Yes. Exercise caution in Aloran. The land grows wilder with each passing year. Show me your worth this... What is this? Foolish knight? With this foolish knight and I will show you more of my secrets. If you prove yourself, find me at year end in Kladvina betwixt the willows and the silver. If you fail, perhaps there is still a way for you to serve. M.B. What what does M.B. stand for? Master Bater. (laughs) 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 Always two there are, a master and apprentice. Um, I've heard that. A master and a bater? Oh my gosh. (laughs) A master and a bater. This is interesting. You guys would know as you read that, uh, Kladvina, uh, you know that's a city. Uh, It's in a different barony, though. It is over in the Pythrian barony, uh, which is uh, further east. It's kind of a more marshy swampland, and uh, Kladvina is the barony seat of that barony. So if I'm understanding correctly, Cassandra the Unnatural came here perhaps under the guise of being able to perform this very complex and difficult ritual, perhaps even of resurrection, she never perhaps even had the capabilities of doing this, but was essentially swindling this Sir Roland and perhaps funneling the cash to whomever MB is. Well, if this MB is any sort of wizard or sorcerer in the same vein that she was, he might find a way to make use of her body, even though she's dead. Yes, uh, I think that was definitely a not-so-veiled threat. Do we think we should maybe head to Kladvina? What is it? Kladvina? Kladvina? Should we head that direction? Do we want to maybe discover more of what's going on? Perhaps. Uh, I guess it depends, because if we go there... We are inviting more trouble for ourselves, but we could potentially recover the missing gold. I would imagine that this Tobias would be most grateful for that. The question is, do we want to help Tobias? Not particularly. (laughs) (laughs) Over at uh, Silvercrest Manor, while uh, Guy is just kind of washing out his armpits and stuff, he's just like, I actually kind of like that Tobias fella. I like helping him out. And it's been (laughs) kind of lucrative, so. We were actually just about to jump over to Silvercrest Manor, as a matter of fact. Guy, you are in your room back at Silvercrest Manor. You are washing out your armpits, cleaning off the blood, checking little scabs and cuts. Um, and I imagine you probably have your shirt off. You're standing there in just your pants. Which might as well be a second layer of skin because they're so tight. <laughs> Behind you, the door opens. And standing in the doorway, you see a rather attractive older woman. Pale skin, black hair, you can see um, Nalira Silvercrest standing in the doorway. She's dressed not 
overly elaborate, but you can see that her dress is very well made. And it hugs her curves, and she looks... She looks... Tasty. She looks tasty, yes. And she steps into the room and shuts the door behind her. She says, oh, my gee. Well, what happened to you? I'm just taking a job in town, earning a little bit of extra spending money. You don't need to worry about it. She steps up to you and she puts her finger on your chest, wiping away a little bit of blood. She's like, well, don't go marring your skin. It's, it's my favorite part. <laughs> I like your skin. It's so specific. I, I, want, on, to, I want to wear it. <laughs> Let me say something different, please. <sighs> She's like, please take care of yourself. I... I wouldn't want anything to happen to you. Well, I appreciate the concern. How have you been? It feels like it feels like days since I've seen you. It has been. It's been. I mean, I've been so busy now that my son's in town, and you and I never got to reconnect. I'll hold her hand. Tell me, as she kind of like leans close and puts her head up next to yours, her hair brushes against your bare chest, and she kind of whispers in your ear. Tell me, what did you find when you met my son? What was your impressions of him? My impressions of him? He seems like... He seems like a... A nice enough fellow. He seemed apprehensive to return home, though, I must say. That's probably no secret, though. Well, I assumed as much, but he has not acted that way. She steps around behind you. She's got her hands on your shoulders. She's doing that whole, like... I don't know, touchy-feely... Like walking around me, tracing a finger, like just dragging one yes. finger across the back of my shoulder blades and stuff. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. Gross. She's like, but I asked you to find out why he was coming. Did you glean anything from him? You know, Nalira, you and he are not so different. I can tell he's yours. He can be hard to read sometimes. Mysterious, aloof. Yes, yes, he can. And like me, he hides it very, very well. So, nothing? She steps away and looks at you. He said he was in imports and exports and was returning home after some success out in the islands in the, uh, in the southern sea. You can see her start to drop her facade. Nothing else? I asked. I prodded. But he was a closed book. This is no lie. I'm not... I'm, I'm telling her everything I know. <laughs> you are. You are. You're telling He's her everything you know. in trouble. <laughs> um, she steps back towards the door and she says, Well, Gee, I... She turns back to you and she says, Gee, I appreciate the time we've spent together, but I'm... I'm no, I'm breaking up time. with you. I'm breaking up with you. <laughs> You're ugly anyway. Did you really do that? <laughs> yes, I did. I really did oh, that. No. Oh, no. Oh, no. She's like, Nalira, listen. We had a good thing, and it was nice while it lasted, but you broke the rules. It's fine. I'll grab my things. I'll be out in a matter of an hour. Good. And she steps out the door and leaves. 
<laughs> no, I'm breaking up with you. <laughs> and as soon as the door closes, I do the degeneration next. Suck it. <laughs> Start crying a little oh bit. Oh my though. gosh. No, oh honestly, Gee is Gee liked the meal ticket, but like it's it got uncomfortable as soon as she asked for something beyond their their arrangement. So he yeah, he'll just start getting all of his stuff together. I'm surprised she didn't ask for anything back though, but I will just take everything and leave. <laughs> because this armor was not mine. <laughs> I know. I think you surprised her though with the whole like, no, I'm breaking up with you. She's like, what, huh? <laughs> you surprised me with it, that's for sure. Uh, all right. So I wasn't going to next... let her do that. Guy is a very proud guy. Yeah. So you are packing up all of your things. Would you and... say he's a proud boy? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Sorry. Nope, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, you know what though? Hey, Paul, this actually, uh, there's quite a few of our listeners who are going to really like that Nalira is no longer in the picture so that, <laughs> so that Guy and Keldon can, can become a thing, apparently. Honestly, though. I think that's what the listeners want. Galden. As, as you are um, packing up your things, uh, about 20 minutes later, you hear a, a light knock on the door. Yes, who is it? It's Keldon. You can come in. That's fine. I'll be gone in a little bit. He opens the door and steps in and closes the door behind him. He is also dressed nicely. He's got, um, you know, shoulder length, a little past the shoulders, uh, very dark hair, matches his, his mom's um, coloring and everything. Um, and he walks in and he says, I hear you ended it with my mother or she ended it with you or... Oh, I ended it with her. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Calden, going out and finding you was never part of our understanding. And I'm glad that I was able to, to help and bring you home, but that is, that's not at all what I was hoping to find in this house. But speaking of which, did you find what you were looking for in the basement? No. I can't get into the safe. I may be able to help with that. If you could get me some tools, I may be able to get that open. You know, a little parting gift before I leave. I'll see what I can do. Why would you do that for me? I don't know. Sow a little chaos on my way out. <laughs> Burn some bridges. You know, so some people key their ex's car. I'll just open the safe for their son, who's my age. <laughs> uh, he says, I'll... I'll see what I can find. Are you... I'll be at the, uh, all the way in. You know, I've been meaning to try out that other place in town that nobody ever seems to go to. <laughs> oh, the Riverview Lodge. Yeah, the Riverview Lodge. Yeah, it looks beautiful on the outside. I just... He, uh, he says, I'll, I'll see what I can find and I'll, I'll bring them to you. I, I really appreciate this. As he's about to leave the room, he turns back around and he says, Gee, I, I think she killed my father. You could have told me this on the road. Jeez. You were my mother's creature. Creature? You were gross. in her back pocket. <laughs> yes, it is gross. You're my age, you sicko. <laughs> mm, creature lives to serve, master. <laughs> okay, well, the help here seems to really, really love you and miss you. Yes. They do. That's good. Okay. Well, I guess I'll be seeing you later. I will, uh, I'll stop by tonight. And then he leaves the room. 
and I hopefully just got my hands on some free thieves tools. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, all right. We are going to fast forward um, a few hours to dinner time, actually a little after dinner time. We're back over at the All the Way Inn. And we have uh, Ornan at the bar working. We have Sylvie and Magram and Guy are talking. We have Ryla, the caravan driver, is back out in the common room finishing up some dinner. We have uh, some other people moving about in the inn. And we have Gemma comes out of the kitchen and wiping her hands on her apron as food is done being served for the night. And she steps in towards you, Ornan. She says... Ornan, something's on your mind. Yes, it's... I've... It's been a day. Well, it's been a couple of days. And I... I think that I... I don't know that I'm safe here anymore. What do you mean? Well, and I'll I'll relate everything that happened um, both on our um, trek out to the caravan and then everything with Roly-Poly. And I'll say, I think we've drawn a little too much attention from the lamplighters, and and uh, I don't know that I can stay here much longer. I hate to leave you and Kino, but look, I, I made about 20 gold today, and you can have it all. But I... I don't think I can stay much longer. I don't, I don't know that it's safe for you and the boy. And she's known about your your powers all along, right? Yeah, she has. Yeah. She puts her hand on your shoulder. She says, I, I worried when when those acolytes of Aona, when they came to town, that this might happen. I worried that you'd have to run. Yes, that was that was my thought too, but I I hoped, I hoped that we could get through it without, uh, without drawing too much attention, but <laughs> you know me, I, I tend to meddle where I'm not needed, and it gets me into a little trouble. Well, you'll be missed, before you go, you'll have to say goodbye to Kino. He'll miss you greatly. Of course, of course. And I, I don't know that I'm leaving now or tomorrow, but it, it will happen soon. So I'll I'll pen something for Kino and I'll make sure to say a, a nice long goodbye. And, and I've got something from, from his dad to give him too. You can see a little tear in her eye. She's like, something from his dad that's so thoughtful. Of course, yeah. His father was was dear to both of us, so uh, um, well, you you can have the home that I built. I'll leave the key for you. You don't have to to, to live in that room over there unless, if you like to, you could rent out the house, or do whatever you want. It's 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 yours. Um, but I promise, I'll do everything I can to come back. She says, "I tell you what, I'll I'll keep your home, and." I'll make sure it's just as you left it when you come back to stay. I appreciate that. I'll I'll send money regularly, and if I stop sending it, um, well, I guess you can assume the worst. She kind of bites her lip and, and nods, and then she rushes in and gives you a, a big hug. I'll give her a hug back, and yeah. Okay. And with that, with Sylvie and Guy and Magram finishing up their food and drinking uh, whatever drinks they're drinking, Ornan and Gemma sharing this tender moment, 
we are going to stop there for tonight. Ooh. All right, you guys. Well, I had a heart breakup, guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I'm breaking up with you. Oh my gosh. That was I thought Guy was oh going gosh. through a sleep with everybody playthrough of the game. Like I thought he was going to really try for. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, thank you guys for playing. Um, don't forget we have our Discord. You can come talk with us about the episode, talk with other fans of the show. And we have buttons in the shop. And until we get together next time, we hope you have a great time.